Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Oh, Jack. Jack O'Hara. Boy, you asked me some interesting questions, my man. It's a great question, Jack. Jack, hey, it's Josh Radder. Hey there, Jack O'Hara. It's Johnny Damon. Jack, you had questions for me. Jack O'Hara? Absolutely. This message is for Jack O'Hara. Jack, how are you? Hey, Jack. Jack, hey, what's going on, man? How you doing? What's going on, Jack? Uh, listen, man, you know, you, you, you asked me a couple questions. Live and broadcasting around the world, you're listening to The O Show. In the show and uh, doing your thing, I mean, you've got some pr- pretty big name guests. I've seen your, your stuff, so congratulations on your success. Jack O'Hara. Much nicer guy than Conan O'Brien with much better interviewing skills. Don't forget to share this episode on your social media. Now, let's get to it. So boned. I forgot to get my girl tickets for the show tomorrow, and now it's sold out. It's her freaking birthday. Oh, dude. She's definitely gonna break up with you. She's definitely gonna break up with me. Should've used TickPick. Wait, what'd you say? TickPick. Look. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. What? There are no hidden fees. What'd you guys think I said? Oh, TickPick. I thought you said TickPick. No hidden fees. Download today. You guys have been putting out a lot of stuff over the past few months, over the past year and a half or so. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's been this uh, the sunshine cycle. It's finally done. We just put out home, so that's the last video, single, whatever we want to call it. That's going to be off that record. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, have you guys only put out videos for the singles? Because I know all of those are on the record, right? Um. Yeah. Well, you know, we what we did was. We went to radio with three or four. four the radio was four. And then uh, we just put throwing shade out just digitally. You know, we didn't go to radio. And then the same thing we we're doing with home. Yeah. And then we also did uh, that cover song for uh, uh, the Tom Petty tune. Oh, yeah. We right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So his birthday death month. So. <laughs> Yeah, Has it been uh, difficult kind of releasing all this new stuff and not being able to play it live at, at places? Uh, yeah, I would say disappointing more than, than yeah. difficult because we, we have our own studio. So uh, luckily we, we're not on the clock in terms of, um, you know, going into do production and all that kind of stuff. We can just record whenever we want. Uh, we're fortunate that way. So we have a ton of content and we have more coming um we we have what we also did nine songs uh with a different producer a few years ago that we just haven't hasn't even done anything with and we're fine we're doing remixes and different things like that so we're gonna drop stuff throughout the year uh keep people engaged and interested we were in the middle of the of, of the sunshine album cycle when we had a few days off and so we went to california in la and just tracked with another producer out there we like to keep busy yeah, this is what we do all the time. <laughs> you know, so it has it has been a little disappointing not being able to be because we don't like to be in the same place too long because we start getting antsy. So that's what the great thing about our, our job is that we could also, you know, tour until unfortunately this pandemic has stuck a wrench in that. But 
Yeah, oh. we get cabin we get cabin fever easily. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you you guys are putting out content all the time though. Like it's very interesting because you see like most bands like they wait like two three years before putting out new stuff like you guys are constantly creating new stuff putting lyrics together and putting songs together yeah, yeah we're, we're actually we're working on a, a, a commercial for four pigs brewery here in town but anheuser bush so yeah. we're doing the music for that so that's another thing you know try to do as much as we can yeah wow yeah we're big uh, kilt lifter people in this uh, dorm room for uh, <laughs> What part of town are you in? Uh, where are I think we're Glendale. Okay. Yeah. Labeled Phoenix, but you know, Phoenix is like the big city inside all like the 11 cities that it has or whatever. I think we're close to uh, Glendale though. Where are you from? I am from Northern New Jersey. So I came all the way out here to get away from the winters and uh, to kind of create a new, uh, I don't know, start for myself, I guess, you know, like be surrounded by new people you know you got to surround yourself with the right people in order for things to click and you know find your your purpose your niche which i know you guys did uh so that's what i'm doing out here and again i i had to get away a lot of a lot of negativity out there on the east coast yeah uh i found out you know kind of whenever i go back home because i'm from missouri you know it's everybody's the same answer to questions like hey what are you up to and uh, hey working same old thing and then I ask what you're up to and you know you know you say you want to sit down you got some time because i'm <laughs> doing a lot of stuff <laughs> and yeah the winners i never wanted to buy us the hey there's jordan there goes jordan connecting his audio <laughs> there you go <laughs> right on what's going on man oh not much how you doing not too bad are you also in the uh, phoenix area or are you yeah like Awesome. Why aren't you with the guys? Uh, they're at the studio right now. I'm just at home. <laughs> yeah. Smart man. Smart man. But yeah, so what you were saying, Josh, about, you know, because you were, you lived, what, right outside the Ozark growing up? Right in the Ozarks. Yeah, Southwest Missouri. Wow. So it's, uh, you know, they have all the seasons there too. But, you know, Jordan knows he's from Ohio, so he's shoveled some snow here and there as well. We said we're never going to do that again. Then next thing you know, like, we're touring in the middle of winter in minnesota yeah. <laughs> i mean i mean you gotta yeah. go all over the place it's cool to meet a lot of you know on tour a ton of different people with different perspectives all over the world which i'm sure you guys have gotten to over the past several years so that's cool but yeah like people you know grow up in one place they stay and they they don't grow like they don't grow their minds they don't grow their personalities they don't have any experiences and like to your credit like what you just said there's like yeah you know just working going about everyday life same old oh, yeah. routine same old stuff it gets boring yeah, yeah it's not for everybody you know and then and also yeah uh, we're uh we like to move around and we don't mind living you know in a bus with four grown adult men for you know nine months <laughs> of the year yeah <laughs> so, oh yeah I mean, it, it's a unique story to have. And, you know, just to, I guess, get started, and, you know, I was saying earlier, like, you guys came out with a ton of stuff over the past 12 months. You have the Sunshine album. You, you just said you came out with the home single and music video. And you guys are coming out with new stuff as well. You talked about the Four Peaks commercial. You're writing that stuff. Just like an overall sense. Like, is there anything that you can give away about, you know, the new record that you guys are, are working on? Like, what's the general vibe of it, in a sense? It's pretty powerful. Um, we initially started because, you know, the, the climate that we've been in with the bands coming out now, a lot of 
you know, we got Dirty Honey or Greta Van Fleet and everybody's kind of just throwback bands, really. And we've been playing like that forever, you know, since him and I've been together, you know, it's, we haven't changed our path. And then it kind of seems like that's the cool thing to do now. But which is great for us. Yeah, which is great for us because we've been doing it, you know, longer than they have. But we we want to uh, kind of went with a different approach of more of a stonesy loose vibe on the record, which doesn't mean there's not heavy hitters on it, you know, like balls of the wall rockers. But but it's definitely got a sense of a little more looseness, I think, you know, than the the sunshine record has. Is it sort of like you guys are like trying to go like outside the box, out of your comfort zone, in a sense, compared? to the past records or is it just, you know, somewhat of a different sound? You know, working with Johnny K, who's done the last two, he did Sunshine and this record. Anytime you're working with him, you're going out of the box whether you try or don't. Yeah. He'll make you do it. Yeah. So it, it's really good for us. Yeah, and this one, you know, the, the cause we did it over it's four sessions since, uh, what, since like June up until Sunday is actually when we wrapped it up finally. And, uh, you know, working with him, we're sunshine. And then this one, I think this one, you know, we're learning a lot from him and he just keeps bringing out more ideas and more creativeness. And so uh, I, th I think that was one of the things that I took from it is that um, it's more powerful and we just were able to work better together and he was able to challenge us more and pull stuff out of us. Yeah, we packed up and went to the Ozarks in June to since we weren't going to tour, we were going to we weren't going to hang out for the heat here, you okay. know, Phoenix. Smart, yeah. They and you know everybody back there. There's the crew. There's Table Rock Lake, and there are the creeks that are close to the house we were staying at at our label and that our label has. Uh, so uh, we were just working there from June. We actually did a song with Eddie Kramer, who produced a track for us while we we're out there via Zoom, you know, which was yeah. pretty great. You know, to get to work with such an iconic figure. And so in the middle of that, we did that. We started with Johnny, we went on to Eddie and uh, back to Johnny. And then we shut, we wound up coming back here, I think October 20th. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. So you were gone the entire summer. Yeah. Not till it calmed down. It's dude. too hot here, man. <laughs> it's way too hot. All the way till Halloween is when it starts to get pretty nice. If you haven't experienced it oh, yeah. yet. Yeah, it worked perfect too. We got out of here early June, first June. And back October 21st, and the weather was, you know, good. we were good to go. It was nice. Yeah, I've been out here for four years. I've yet to experience a summer. But I know me personally, I, I take 125 over 25 any day of the week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what pools are good for. Yeah. 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 So, hey. go ahead. I said an AC. Yeah. Air oh, conditioning. Have to have that. I don't think this building that we're living in was built in 1949, so we don't have AC. But the weather, fortunately, hasn't been that scorching. So yeah, that's crazy to that point yet. But yeah, you talk about you know producing with Johnny K. It's like cool to have someone who's going to push you to not only your limits, but you know like your ultimate creativity. Like he's going to get the best out of you guys. How long, you know, for you three as a group, but also individually. Have you been able to, you know, have those experiences where you're like, okay, like this is not the right fit. This guy does not think the way I think he's not pushing me or, you know, like vice versa in a sense, just in life. Like you didn't feel like you were surrounded by the right people until you ultimately, you know, come together, you, you realize what your mistake is and you have to start surrounding yourself with the right people, whether it's creating great music or just 
basic life scenarios? Well, I mean, we, Josh and I have been together for years and, and we've experienced so much together. And I think like musically, um, you know, we had Jim Kaufman who did a good job and then Johnny Kay who, who did a really good job. But I think more to answer your question would be not so much more on the, the music aspect, but in the business aspect is because we've already known what we wanted. We know that we're talented. Um, we just couldn't build the right team. Trial by fire type of thing. Yeah, you know? signing contracts that, you know, dang it, I wish I would have done that because now I can't do anything for another year. Uh, you know, getting shelved and we've had a major label deal and it was it just wasn't right. You know, yeah, so we, it wasn't for us. It was with the wrong. The and it wrong was nobody's fault in that situation, too. It was just our record happened to come out of time that there was a regime regime change and the uh, and it just you get you'll fall in the cracks. So it's not we're not blaming, you know, anybody. It's just yeah, it just wasn't the, yeah. the right fit. Right. Is the best way to, to put it. And I mean, had that with management managers before. Uh, you know, people that the thing about the music business is it sucks. <laughs> yeah. It's always sucks. Yeah, yeah. And there's just the, that's the only business we, you know, fortunately to to do what we want to do and as be as successful as we want to be and as internationally known, you know, intergalactically known, <laughs> wherever. And we got to you got to play the business part, too. Yeah. The 95 percent business and BS for five percent of actually being able to play music for people which is the whole reason we started doing this in the first place yeah what was you know some of your first experiences in that when you realized like okay the music industry is kind of like it has like a cutthroat mentality like these guys are ruthless like they're, they're trying to put stuff out because my brother is an aspiring musician he just moved to nashville and i think he's starting to learn you know some of the ropes when it comes to the business aspect of it because you could have all the talent in the world but then you know the business side of it, like if you can get past that, then you are truly something special. Like what was some of those first realizations for the three of you that you were like, oh man, this really wasn't what I thought it was, at least on the business side. Probably our first record contract because we had signed uh, with Century Media, which is mostly a metal-based label, record label. So they didn't know what to do with this. They liked us and their offices happened to be around the corner from the studio we were working in. And we had mutual friends and everything. But when we came on and immediately started, well, you need a fourth guy. Uh, yeah. Songs, uh, we don't know where to put you. We're not gonna go to radio because you're not a, you're not a metal band, but you're not a, you know, active rock band and you're not a hot AC band. So we don't know where to put you. So we're gonna break you by touring. Well. We would like to think that we're a radio band. And so getting out of that contract was a kind of a pain in the butt. But again, they're not bad people. They just didn't know what to do with us. Yeah. So, uh, so that was the first, you know, because you're getting a record deal and making wow. a big deal about it. And then you get these sign in and then and then a month goes by and nothing well, really happened. And then we'll call you when we know something. Yeah. Eventually, you know, you feel like they're just keeping on the back burner. So. You just part ways and you on to the next thing, you know, you just yeah. don't stop. We, we've learned a lot of do it yourself. You know, we tried relying on other people and unfortunately, uh, again, we didn't get burned. We just didn't get fit with the right people. We got more driven because we knew we were, we knew what we had. Yeah. And then here four singles later after we get with the right record company. Yeah. You know, on the billboard charts that we kind of got to say, 
Yeah. <laughs> and, now, and now finally with, with our independent label that we have and the team that we've built, we finally feel that it's like, all right. <laughs> it's only we're working with the A team now. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we're with the A team now. And to your guys' credit, like you kind of have to go through that stuff, not necessarily that you want to, but like you have to go through like that type of life experience in the business side to realize like, okay, this isn't what I want. And at the same time, it, like you said, it drives you, you know, like the passion comes yeah. out and sets your soul on fire in a sense of like, okay, like you're not going to let me do this. Like, okay, like I'm going to show you exactly what I can do and I'm going to do it the way that I want to do it. And to kind of go back to, you know, like the origins for you guys, you know, starting out like Josh, you, you growing up uh, in the Ozark in Missouri, you know, growing up listening to, you know, the likes of Zeppelin. I know the the, the 90s era, the grunge era was big for you guys as well. I know, Chico, you, you heard Smells Like Teen Spirit for the first time. And, you know, that guy right there, I don't know if I can point right, but Dave Grohl, obviously, an inspiration to millions of rock stars. Uh, yeah, you ever heard of him? <laughs> oh, oh, I'll, I'll look that up. New, new band just came out with a with a new album, Medicine at Midnight. Yeah, I saw that. I think they had like three Super Bowl commercials with their songs in it, which is nuts. Because it took yeah. like Zeppelin forty years to get like any yeah. any type of commercial. But I digress. You know, like the three of you, um, you know, being inspired by early rock and actually like staying as a rock band because you know you talk about again to go back to the business side of it. There's a lot of bands out there. One that comes to the top of my head is Shinedown. Great rock band. Their last album was very poppy to me. You know, like it had like a pop sound. You could tell it's just like, okay, like they're not necessarily listening to the machine, but like, you know, giving, you know, a newer audience what they what they think that they'd like to hear. Oh, bands I grew up with out like when I came when I when I came to Phoenix, these bands, I I would watch it like clockwork. They'd come in. And uh, Dave Matthews was cool at the time. Yep. They were a Dave Matthews band. Well, that changed kind of like what Vanilla Ice did. You yeah. know, he was the white guy rapper. And then he was also, also metal because new metal was big. And then he just did a version of Ice Ice Baby, you know, metal style. Mm-hmm. You know, I've seen a lot of trends like that happen to where, you know, that would happen with bands. And we've just never been that. We've always just got together and played three guys playing rock songs or Maybe not even rock songs, but they turn out that way. They can play country songs. They kind of like us. You know? I mean, that's because you grew up a country guy, right? In in Missouri. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's. There was no VH1 or MTV. It was all CMT where I was from. So. Yeah, I mean, I mean, kudos to you guys. You know, there's, uh, again, that's the only band I can think of at the moment. There's a lot of rock bands I grew up listening to, even some of the newer ones. Um, uh, not Greta Van Fleet, uh, blanking on their name, but they had a great first album, like really put them on the map for me. And there's their stuff, Highly Suspect. So Highly Suspect was a band that had a great first rock album. And then the past two albums that they put out, again, like very poppy, not bad music, but at the same time, I feel like they're not necessarily doing what they want, but they're doing what their label tells them to do. Where, you know, you guys have kind of stuck to your own guns, created your own stuff and actually have had success doing the things that you want to do in, in the light of things um, on the business side. But we're always willing to try new things. Yeah. We won't not do anything that we don't want to do. Yeah. So we'll try it. And if we don't like it, we'll say it, you know, but we'll try it. 
so for, for the three of you guys, because I know Jordan, you you're the late one to the group. You know, you guys have been playing together, Josh and Chico, for for many years. When did you realize, or like, I guess, how in a sense do you realize that you have found the right fit? You know, not only for you know a, a bassist, a, a guitarist, but like at the same time, like when do you realize? that okay this is going to work as opposed to the other guys that you brought in where you're kind of like yeah this doesn't work and how do you determine that off the bat uh just just feeling really i mean uh you can just you uh, can answer that yeah you. yeah why don't you answer jordan how can you tell that you fit us i don't know i mean well when i first joined the band you know i I already kind of knew who they were. I was already a fan of the Black Moods, but when I came out here and jammed with them, it was like, we auditioned, what, three days? And then three days, two days of auditioning or whatever, and I came out here on the first day and it was like, you know, we immediately gelled. Like, I knew all the songs. Immediately, they were like, all right, well, what do we do now? You know, let's get drunk. So we <laughs> immediately, like, kind of bonded. We hung out, you know, and um, I liked the music. Like I said, it, to me, um, it kind of comes down to the, the music and the the people it comes to take 50 50 you know what i mean like, like i don't want to play for somebody who could be my best friend but if i don't like the music it's like you know what i mean it's not really fun for me mm -hmm. but you know if you like the music and they're an asshole it's like they you know it's like it goes hand in hand you know what i mean so they gotta they gotta be cool and they gotta have good music and these guys were cool and they had good music oh yeah i mean you see all of the, those types of bands like guns and roses was huge but after a while, they didn't get along. And then you see Axel and Slash have like their big thing, like they just boom, like they're done for 20 years. You know, it just didn't fit. Like it, it's cool to see that you guys know, like right off the bat, you have to have that balance. Like you have to have a great relationship in order to create great music and kind of get a sense for what the three of you all are kind of feeling and trying to accomplish as, you know, musicians and songwriters and, and, and players. Yeah. And, and just to add to what Jordan's saying is, is, personality both in in the way we communicate with each other um talking to each other and then also how we communicate with each other playing music there's been so many songs that you know do it again <laughs> i remember that bass line jordan started um and i was on the phone with a buddy out outside and i could hear him playing and i instantly that bass line just stuck to me i'm like Mark, I got to call you back. And I ran in, yeah. and then, then 10 minutes later, Josh jumps out of whatever he was doing. I was in the shower. <laughs> yeah, he was in the shower, <laughs> dancing along to me, Jordan and I jamming. And then he came out with his guitar, and boom, we had a song. It was, it was pretty neat. And that happens a lot. Time, yeah. yeah, a lot. Is that like inspiration well, to strikes like that? Like, you never know when it's going to happen? Well, we, right. we're together all the time. You know, we went, we, the longest we've ever taken was out playing together. We just did over the Christmas break. And that was a month. Right. And we were ready to get back at it. And we've never done that. It's always, you know, we're always in the studio. We're always playing. We're, or we're hanging out or whatever it is. We're an actual, what you call a band. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're almost a family at this point, the amount of time that you guys hang out together. Sure. Yeah. Definitely. Absolutely. Totally. It's, uh, as we fight like family, but we, we know it's like, we love we, each we other. We can be heated and it goes away. And then it's like, oh, yeah, whatever. What? What are you talking about? You know? Brutal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that way, that's what you kind of found during this whole pandemic thing when a lot of bands aren't that aren't together all the time or live together or even in the same city. Some of them didn't make it through it. You know, yeah. some they haven't seen each other. Even some friends of ours, the band called the Jim Blossoms, those guys 
hadn't played since March, last March. Yeah. But they also hadn't seen each other or like literally been in the same room for a year. And I just couldn't imagine that. I mean, it's good that you guys all like being in the area. Like you moved to Phoenix from Missouri and kind of, you know, found your niche. Like what, why did you choose Phoenix? Like what, what was in it for Phoenix? You know, I was really lucky too, because when we tour, when we, we've been touring so much in the past few years that it's still like Scottsdale, Tempe, Phoenix is my favorite. I'm lucky that I found this area right off the bat when I moved. So I didn't have to go spot to spot. But I had people, you know, friends saying, move to L.A. And they're here. Uh, Nashville was going to be another place. Atlanta. And I had all these things in mind. But I actually found the Conservatory of Recording Arts and Sciences ad in the back of Rolling Stone magazine when I was in, in Arizona, when I was in Missouri. And I just put an application in. And there was a wait to get into school. And this was in... This was in early January when I found it and I put in and it was going off from, they were saying February of the next year, but I just pounded their ass. I called every, every week. I got as many letters of recommendations from anybody I could think of that would make a difference. And sure as shit, they called me on Monday in February. And I keep in mind, I'd lived in the same town of 600 people for 19 years. And so they called me Monday. I, I, called, I called my boss and turned in my, told them I was leaving. They were totally cool with it. They knew what I wanted to do. My head was always in music anyways when I was at work. And by Thursday, I was starting school. I started a week late, which, you know, it's, it wasn't a very long school anyways. So I walk in and uh, to not very happy people in my class because they thought I was, you know. Slacker. Slacker, which I was. <laughs> but I still got by with flying colors. That's okay. It was. It's fine. It's good. So uh, and I'm glad. And then fewer, uh, a couple years later, I meet Chico, and uh, we just started doing demos because I was working in a studio in town for the Jim Blossoms, and we started working and writing and playing around town. And then, you know, had to go through a bunch of jackasses until we finally found our favorite <laughs> jackass. <laughs> so here we are. Yeah. I've heard in, in many interviews that you guys kidnapped Jordan. Did you actually kidnap him or was it more of the sense like, okay, you're our guy. We can't let you go. It doesn't sound like it sounds like if you mean like hit him over the head, stuck him in a bag, threw him in the van and drove him to Phoenix. Yes. That's what that's we did. exactly what we did. Yeah. You can still find my face on the back of those milk cartons. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's back on like mad dog 2020 bottle. Yeah. Right. No, he was just basically in another project that opened up for us a year prior. Right. And, uh, you know, he in Scottsdale, actually. In Scottsdale, and he auditioned. And um, we were actually calling, uh, so he told our producer, uh, we just had it at our wits end. We just decided at that point that we were going to just be two guys and hire a bass player. We hired Gun because we couldn't find anybody that had our same sense of drive and sense of humor and could play bass and sing and write songs and help with the business yeah and so we we called our our producer jim kaufman in, in la because he has a bunch of cats come through there and play and uh, we knew a, there was one guy that we liked a lot danny yeah danny but he's always busy and he happened to be living with him and he, make he, yeah he couldn't do it and that's when he talked to jordan yeah oh, wow so yeah after the audition we uh, it went great 17 or 18 songs he learned them, 
went through one each one time and we were literally done we're like okay you're in let's just go you let's just live start. in la and yeah. he's like yeah i'm like well let's go get it <laughs> so we did and about a week later maybe two weeks later we went and grabbed him and then we jumped right into the very first sessions of uh sunshine yeah we were working with johnny k within what i don't know how long days when i got back <laughs> yeah it was little days johnny k was showing up so talk about being thrown in the fire because johnny's not easy on you when you're making no, yeah, we didn't know that. None of us knew that, but we learned very quickly. Kind of back to touch on what you said earlier, and it's like he, he, he really pushed us. He, he immediately put us in a spot where we had to kind of up our game. You know what I mean? When we were recording, it wasn't like a, you know, B or C team anymore. It's like we're in the big leagues. It's like we had to like perform like it. You know, yeah. he does a good job of definitely pulling that out of us. Oh yeah, and that that's what you want, and. Uh, another story I kind of wanted to touch on with you guys, because I found it very interesting, you know, the origin, you know, of the name, the black moves, because I know Josh, you, you've talked about, you know, uh, that being inspired by, because the doors kind of described Jim Morrison as having like a black mood in a sense, as well as the Beatles with John Lennon. And that's how, how the name kind of came about. Like, how did you, how were you able to kind of depict those and say like, oh man, that's cool. That's cool. And like how your brain was wired to say like, oh, I got to have this name, like the, the black moods based on, you know, two big rock and roll icons and in, in Morrison and Lennon and, and to come together and create that, that, um, that name to go along with the style of music you guys wanted to play. Well, that the stylistic part just kind of fell together, but I had never, uh, I was kind of going through really getting heavily into the doors. And I read that book, No One Here Gets Alive. That's the first time I ever heard that phrase. There's somebody being in a black mood and it just kind of stuck with me. So wrote a song called the black moods actually, <laughs> which is funny that we haven't put out yet. And, uh, and we, cause we were tossing around names at the time. So, we had some really shitty ideas, you know, and that's what's sticking and just like, man, because we were making our first EP and this is when we were four piece. And so we just kind of wrote these songs and when it came down to the wire, we just decided that the black moods just fits us. It just, you know, we were actually in, in back in Missouri staying at a ranch uh, when we wrote that song. So we were, you know, in the, in the middle of nowhere, creeks running, we were sitting by the creek you know, probably taking mushrooms or something and playing acoustic guitars. And, and so we wrote this song and then, and then I saw the Beatles anthology not long after that um, to where Paul McCartney referenced John Lynn. And I think that's the point where I was like, okay, this is, this has got to be something that sticks with us, you know? So it did. Wow. Yeah. And you still haven't released the Black Mood song. How, how many songs do you guys write that you kind of put on the back burner and you're just like, all right, it's not the time or like you're still looking for like that right thing to complete it? Quite a few. And it's not because it's, we don't know if it's the right time or not. It's just certain ways that songs come about and you look at an album and the titles on it and the, and the body of work itself. So, you, you know, some songs, they're, it's not that they're not that good. It's just, they don't fit in this thing right now. They don't fit the, with the yeah, rest it's of like, them. It's a good chapter of a book, but it's not a chapter that goes in this book. Yeah. So um, so I would say, I don't know. I bet we got what, 30, something like that, solid. Probably. Yeah, probably in a, uh, three quarters of that recorded now, I think. 
That's and that's just a guess. We'd have to go through the whole list. Yeah, I mean, who knows? That doesn't that doesn't count our iPhone memos that are just scroll down. There's a hundred of you going, mm, 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 mm. <laughs> <laughs> and you figure it out later, you know. Oh my god! So you guys just have like an entire dialogue of stuff that you're constantly writing and i'm sure every you know great band has a plethora of stuff that they're working with and working towards you know like you said you have at least 30 or so 30 plus songs kind of on the back burner that you haven't been able to finish or just haven't released yet and i i think you know when you look back at the early 90s like the nirvana days like kurt cobain i think was like a prime example of that obviously one of the greatest songwriters of his generation who knows how he would have evolved and how he would have you know been in 2021 with his songwriting and his talent and his ability to bring it all together i i'm also a film student here in school and i've been putting together you know the, the short film documentary basically i know it's already been put out but i was just drawn to it was the whole uh, you know, the the conspiracy theories of, you know, how he went, you know, with Courtney Love in the mix, whatever happened, you know, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but like the story's interesting enough to say like, hmm, like there's a lot of connecting dots oh, here. I want to get all three of your guys' takes on this. And again, like to me, like that didn't happen, but was Kurt Cobain murdered or did he commit suicide? What, what's your guys' three takes on that? Pretty sure suicide, you know. I can't. Yeah. I guess I've I've watched that. Uh, there's a called a Kurt and Courtney doc. It's a documentary on them where there was a private investigator hired and to to figure out. But you know, it's just just all the shit he was going through. You know, just pain wise, the guy wasn't hurt yeah. all the time. You know, he had probably Crohn's before Crohn's was. Everybody knew what the hell it was. And we have we have friends with that, and it's fucking brutal, man. Yeah. So I can imagine, you know, if you're self-medicating, and then you're already the biggest band in the world, and you know that's what you're looking to be is the biggest band in the world. Well, now you're the biggest band in the world, but you feel like shit all the time. And uh, I mean, I'm not condoning uh, suicide. suicide or anything, but I just understand. Yeah, I, I just I figured that's it. Also, Courtney just doesn't seem maybe. I mean, no offense to her that she that much of a strategist to right whether that's this kind of cover-up you know Mm. yeah i'm kind of with him and plus what i've read and uh anything about him is he was just just mentally just a super depressed miserable person he did not want to become famous and he was the biggest rock star in the entire world and so i could see it be like you know what (laughs) of this i'm out yeah, I mean, I, I would definitely agree with them, too. So well, you were there, Jordan. Tell us about it. I was there. No. <laughs> I was not, but I definitely agree with you, Bob. Uh, I think uh, when you have all that stuff in the mix, you know what I mean? Mental illness and, you know, when you have it all, all sudden, and, you know, you, you don't really want the attention and you've got all the attention constantly. And, yeah, he was probably going through some crap with her. But, like, again, I don't think... She, that was a good good way to put that, Josh, about I totally agree. You know, like I think media and writers do a very good job of finding like evidence that makes sense to turn it into a, a murder mystery or a conspiracy, which is great for selling books and great for selling. Yeah, yeah it's drama. It's business, baby. 
But I, I, I'm with you, Josh. I don't think Courtney Love, you know, like no disrespect to her. Like, I don't think she kind of had the brains, even at the time, back in 1994 or whenever it was, to kind of pull off a scheme. I'm a massive dude at that point. So uh, I love her. I love her to death. I love Courtney Love. But yeah, I just don't think that she would have done that. I mean, she seemed to dig the guy a lot. You know? Yeah. So last question I have for you guys. I don't want to take too much of your day here. Uh, you kind of alluded to it earlier on, you know, all living in, in the Phoenix area now, all playing music all the time, being together like 95% of your lives at this point. You know, the biggest thing in life, obviously, is to be happy. Like, where do you guys, you know, come across having, like, I don't think there's a life balance from like work to personal life, but how are you guys able to, you know, fulfill yourself, satisfy yourselves in a sense of like, all right, I'm the musician, I got to put work out. And, you know, you guys talked about, you know, getting to do what you guys want to do as opposed to listening to someone else. But at the same time, you know, being the family man, you know, like having a family, being there for them at the same time, how are you guys able to juggle all of that while maintaining your own happiness, your own sanity in a sense? We don't. <laughs> <laughs> Life is about balance. You're definitely right about that, but we should learn more about that. Yeah. They've been doing it so long too, and I've been doing it for since I've been a kid. And my family's been playing music, so it's like, to me, it's like it's all I ever wanted to do was play music. And so, like when I'm not with those guys, yeah, you know, we'll take days off and stuff like that. But I, I have like a home studio here. Like I'll sit here and I try to write music. You know what I mean? So there's, I don't know what else to do. <laughs> you know, what I mean? I'm not good at sports. <laughs> yeah, everywhere we go, uh, yeah, it's hard to play sports and not spill your beer. Is the problem? <laughs> But um, it's always, it's always a thing, you know. My dad's a musician. Uh, even like, cause my son's back in Missouri with his mom, and because we have a house there, and so I'm back and forth a lot, you know. I mean, thank God for FaceTime. I can't imagine how, you know, they did it before that. That would just be brutal. And uh, um, so, but there's always there's guitars everywhere, you know. My little boy looks. I, he walks by and he points at it and I got to get it down and play it. So I don't complain about that much. And, and even when we take time off, you know, what little time off we do take, we go for a week, we go out without seeing each other. When we're talking all the time, like, Hey, what you thinking about, you know, what are you up to that kind of thing. And so uh, we're always ready to get back to it as soon as, you know, a day or two after all we're away from it. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And it's great to see like you guys again, like as a trio, as a unit coming together and you're not sick of each other yet, which is very cool to see. Like, <laughs> like you argue sometimes, but like you guys are able to get past it. Yeah, no, the, the, we're brothers. You know, it, it's really, I really consider ourselves brothers. Yeah. You and know, the work shows, it's hard to get sick of something that when, when, when you can see it and it sounds so, you're so happy with it. You're like, okay, this is, yeah, this is it's, it's worth it. It's worth it. So is this show at the Wasted Grain this weekend going to be your first live gig in a while? Or have you guys been able to play at some bars recently? Nah, probably in a few months. I mean, because the holidays, yeah. we haven't played anything since November, I believe. So Yeah, so we'll see how this goes. Yeah. <laughs> the seated events are, are interesting, but... Yeah, it's like playing dinner theater, you know, which is really strange. Yeah, because this, this place we played before and, you know, what do we, was it get like 600 people yeah. in there but your sardines this time they they cut the capacity everybody sit it down so it's not going to be yeah. they, they sold it sold out so fast that they added another date but there's only you know a couple hundred tickets 
people were getting released. So, wow. So but, sit down event for a big rock and roll band. That's going to be, that's going to be fun. Yeah. There'll be a lot of inner theater jokes that those nights for sure. <laughs> yeah. You guys have stuff prepared just to kind of break the ice with those types of people. <laughs> uh, Jameson. He helps break the ice a lot. So yeah, we, we don't really talk much during our shows. He's he'd be the one. We just play music. That's what people are there to see, and that's what we're there to do. And that's what you guys do best. Well, I, I want to thank you guys so much for being gracious enough to take time out of your Tuesday afternoon to to speak with me. Thanks to Kelly for setting this up. As yeah. always, I wish you guys the best of luck this weekend, and uh, you know, don't do anything stupid. Stay safe during these uh, really, really. Wash really our hands. Times. I promise. Yeah. All right. I'm so boned. I forgot to get my girl tickets for the show tomorrow, and now it's sold out. It's her freaking birthday. Oh, dude. She's only gonna break up with you. She's definitely gonna break up with me. Should've used tick pick. Wait, what'd you say? Tick pick. Look. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Dude. What? There are no hidden fees. What'd you guys think I said? Oh, tick pick. I thought you said tick pick. No hidden fees. Download today. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.